Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hi, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. Who've got on today's podcast? Hi, Ronan. This is Tim Christofferson, Vice President for Climate Action at Salesforce, where I lead our nature-based solutions team. And uh, before you, you read this, you worked in public public uh, office. How did that? What was that like? And how did that? I worked for the United Nations the past fifteen years, and uh, most recently, uh, standing up the UN Decade on Ecosystem Restoration, a global effort to restore planet Earth, and working for, I worked for the European Commission before that, so yes, I was in public sector all of my life. What convinced me to change the private sector now is after we have a lot of clear market signals from regulators, like the Paris Agreement, like EU regulations, the Inflation Reduction Act now in the US, the private sector is the place where action can happen at a very fast pace, and that's exactly what we need now. And as, as a begin a logical progression, moving from public sector to the private sector. Yeah, it's still a learning experience. I've only been here for a bit over three months. Um, and there's a lot of things that are fascinating to me uh, from many perspectives. But it was important to me that um, I would join a company that really walks the talk on sustainability. So last year, sustainability became a core value of Salesforce and it's, uh, this is a company where we really live by our values. And in climate action, but also in nature action, which is one of the next big things in sustainability, that is really important, that this goes all the way through the company. The other thing that convinced me to join Salesforce, uh, to be honest, is that um, we have around 150,000 customers. Yeah. And a trust relation with all these customers and at the same time Salesforce can afford a great sustainability team, a nature team, a climate team. So there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity to work with customers who often look to us to to think through and work through sustainability challenges like net zero and nature positive which is sort of coming up as a as a campaign on the nature side uh, and that will probably grow in importance in the coming months and years. So we have that opportunity to really help set the agenda within basically the entire private sector of the world. That's a huge platform for change. Yeah, and because Salesforce is a well-known cloud leader, because they're doing this now, their their clients will follow suit and also their competitors will have to follow suit as well, which is a good thing. It is a good thing and often we also work with... um, even with other large uh, companies in the tech sector, we have an alliance called the Business Alliance for Scaling Climate Solutions with Netflix, Amazon, Microsoft, um, Disney. We have a, a lot of collaborations and learning across also the tech sector on sustainability because mm-hmm. even for those companies with quite a few resources, it is, it is a challenge. And we often keep in mind what do companies do that are 500 people or below that are medium-sized enterprises that don't have sustainability teams or maybe not even a sustainability expert? How do they take 
the necessary climate action. That's really something that we would like to enable everybody to do. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's a lot to do. You know, it's been a recent survey that of sixty thousand companies surveyed, two yeah. percent had a climate action plan. That's unacceptable. Everybody needs to have a clear idea of what to do about climate change. It's the defining issue of our time. It will affect every business, every person, every government, everywhere. So we need every company in the world on board taking ambitious climate action. Yeah, and I guess basically we got to, I guess what the take of that is make sure that when you set goals, they can be achieved. You don't set a goal that you know that you know can't be reached, but if you set goals achievable and they reach that goal, then maybe they'll be able to go the extra mile and do a bit more on top of that. Yeah, it's, uh, with goals, it's a funny thing that uh, it's it's important to have a good collaboration between the goal setters, which often are in public policy, between businesses and between citizens who ultimately uh, need to invest in all of this through taxes, uh, through their consumption. And a good example of setting an aspirational goal that at the time seemed unachievable is the moonshot. I mean, when Kennedy said, let's go to the moon, yeah. nobody knew how to do it. It seemed impossible in a really short time. But because it was such a strong commitment, it did work out and it was very difficult. It was very hard. It needed innovation, lots of resources, but it did work out and it provided the world with a lot of uh, useful technological progress. It provided the world with a lot of inspiration that it needed at that point in time. So climate change is like the moonshot. By 2030, we have to have emissions. That's a that's a monumental goal. Yeah. If you compare that to COVID nineteen emissions globally, it took a six percent dip. Yeah. Temporary dip. So we need to have emissions, and that means we need to transform the way we do business. It's not just about you know turning the light off when you leave the office or taking your bike to work more than your car. All these things help, but we need transformative action and. The, Area that I focus on nature. Um, this is it is possible because in Ireland, for example, you have a lot of peatlands, peat yeah. bog. Globally, that's only about three percent of all land, peatland. Yeah. But they're responsible for five percent of all greenhouse gas emissions, including a lot in the EU because there's farming on these peatlands. Yeah. And what happens when you farm on a peatland? It's basically like a giant compost heap. You know you. You drain it and then it comes into contact with air yeah. and all the carbon goes into the air. So we, that's, a, that's something we could immediately and very easily stop, you could say. Uh, farmers who have land like that, they get compensated to become carbon farmers. Yeah. We re all the peatlands, put them back uh, as being a carbon sink. So that takes a transformative move in land use, but it's possible. Yeah, because whenever you mention about you might cycle to work and you might turn on the lights before you leave the office, all that does to me means you're saving money because you're not traveling on your car or public transport. And you, you know it's that money been saved, but you don't really think, I'm, I'm sustainable, I'm, I'm helping the environment. That won't cross your mind. It's the money, what, where can I, the money I've saved, where can I go now? What can I spend it on? So there's, there's two parts of this. First of all, whose, whose money is it? If yeah. you, if you 
our company, there's nothing wrong with saving money. When we have, for example, uh, now looked into what we call carbon to serve. Yeah. How many lines of code do you actually need to run a program, a software? And it turns out the, the shorter uh, the code actually is, the less energy it uses in data centers. And there's a lot you can do there. We decreased that carbon to serve ratio by over 10% yeah. last year for some of our, our products. Then there is government money. At the moment, uh, we hear a lot there's not enough money to invest in climate action, but that's actually not true. If you look at how much governments worldwide spend on subsidizing the fossil fuel industry, that's over $500 billion per year. Yeah. That goes into making oil, coal, and gas cheaper. If you count in what we call the environmental externalities, so the damage caused by the fossil fuels, that rises to about $5 trillion per year. Mm -hmm. So the money is there. What we need is a, is a just and equitable transition so you don't disincentivize people from climate action but take them along. And then that money could be easily redeployed. Yeah. And, there's, and there's plenty of money to take climate action. So sometimes it's about saving money and having a climate impact. Sometimes it's about investing in new infrastructure, uh, in, for example, the electric vehicle uh, transition in nature-based solutions. But the, the money is there. It's, it's just, uh, just needs to be redeployed. Yeah, but I don't want to scenario where some of the things save money, but that's, uh, and they're not really thinking of the health, eco-friendliness. It should be a bit of both. Like you know, basically, you save money, but also you know that you're doing good for the environment and mother nature. Yeah, there are a lot of win-win situations. And um, to give you one example, during COVID, I think we all rediscovered the value of nature for our mental health and yeah. physical health. One of the few places where you know people could still go to the park, to the forest, take walks in nature, and that investment in green infrastructure in urban trees can bring down mental illness, it can help air quality in cities, it can revitalize entire communities, and, and it combats climate change. So in a, in, if you list all these in order of priority, I would say uh, the direct benefits for people of those nature-based solutions are even more important than the long-term climate benefits. So we also don't have to see every investment we make through only the lens of climate change. And here's where we, in Salesforce, will uh, launch some new policy priorities. You know, we have climate policy priorities because we're also very outspoken as a corporate advocate for yeah. like carbon disclosure. So we're coming out soon with nature policy priorities that will focus on that we need to reverse global nature loss basically coming from a nature negative economy that's been there for hundreds of years, so it's not going to be an easy switch to a nature positive economy. And the main mindset switch we need here is that humans are part of nature. I think we, and, and here the tech industry is maybe the place where that understanding or that that belief that we are somehow above nature is very widespread because yeah. we can do amazing things with tech. But if you look back at COVID and you look at the droughts, the fires, the floods that are now coming, 
I think we're starting to realize that we're not so much above and beyond and outside of nature after all. No. We are a part of nature and we have to start acting accordingly. Yeah, because I've seen right now, when we see these, what's going on, with, with, I can see Mother Nature saying to us, I'm annoyed what's happening, therefore I'm going to, I'm pissed off, so I'm going to give you more floods, more this and that, so that you have to change how you react to this, and how you react to what's going on in the, in the environment. And I, I think people are starting to get that, get that memo. I mean, yeah. everybody's now understood, uh, no matter where you live on the planet, that things are not as they should be, things are not as we've been used to for 10,000 years. We've had a relatively stable climate for 10,000 years that allowed us to develop into a first ever global civilization. Let's keep in mind that this is the first time in human history where we have something that resembles a civilization that spans the entire globe. It's the first time. Yeah, and also we've not got technology that, that we can use to help combat what we're doing wrong. Because, I mean, 30 years ago, we slowly saw things happening that we think we didn't know what was causing it. Now we know it's global warming. And 30 years ago, we, technology wasn't where it is. Now where you can see we've got drones that can flow over and say, this is a problem here. Get out. Whereas in the past, you send some out in a truck or a helicopter to look at it. And that's a kind of in itself we don't want to have. Whereas with a drone, you haven't got that. And you can see what's going on. Go in close detail and see what the problem is and fix it. Technology is getting better and better all the time, and that helps, for example, with combating deforestation, where we have better and better satellite imagery. What we also need, though, is, is people, because yeah. technology is just a tool. What we need is to use that tool correctly and needs to be used by the right people for the right purpose. And then technology can be, can be very powerful. And in fact, there's many things coming together in this interesting time we live in, we live, as the UN Secretary General put it, in a genuine moment of truth for yeah. the civilization we're in. It's like 1945, yeah. when people have to say, so, we've, we are here, we see that this is not working, the system we had. We need something else, we need something new. So we have to really pull ourselves together now, everybody, to look at what is the future we want, and then regardless what it takes, have to go there. And I, I like the, uh, I like a line in a song by Jason Mraz, you know, I want you to have it all, and the line is, the best of our todays could be the worst of our tomorrows. And that's possible if we take climate action. If we don't, then the worst of our today's will be the best of our tomorrows. Yeah. So you look back at a summer like this one 20 years from now and you think, wow, that was a nice summer, even though it's the driest summer for 1,200 years in Spain right now. Yeah, yeah. So that's the choice we have. It's, it's very binary in a way. It, you, can, you can make it endlessly complicated, but the choice is about what kind of future we want. And when you mentioned 1994, I'm thinking back to 1918, when we then had League of Nations, and then we, we had a scenario where Germany was forced to pay a lot of money. After World War II, we realized that didn't work. We need a new, new initiative. We've got to do things differently. The UN was formed. The UN did what League of Nations couldn't do. So now we need something like that, a new, basically, worldwide initiative, a bit like the UN, that can make sure we're doing things properly. Well, I believe the UN is still incredibly relevant, maybe more so than ever. It's yeah. the best structure we have to get everybody aligned. 
We also have a great blueprint for this future we want. They're called the Sustainable Development Goals. There's yeah. 17 of them, as, as you know. Climate action is one of them, but it spans all the aspects of, of our future that we, that we want to live together. So we have a, a, a great blueprint for that future we want. I think what we need is maybe not so much a new institution, uh, but more a change in mindset from what it means to be human on planet Earth. What does it mean to run a successful business? This is about more than making money. Of course, people need to have an income. Yeah. Of course, we need to have a livelihood. But one thing that also came out of COVID is an interesting move in the US called the Great Resignation. I don't know if you've heard about that. that Lots of people walked away from their jobs. Yeah. And that's not because uh, they, they suddenly said, oh, I can build, pay my bills in a different way. It's because they questioned what is their life's purpose. Yeah. Because nobody can live without a purpose. And I think the great restoration, that is the other big trend we see, if you look at the Twitter marketing report of 2022, the largest trend they forecast currently based on billions of tweets over the last years they call it the great restoration so that's basically alongside the great resignation that's an, a global effort to restore health restore communities restore ecosystems restore purpose and meaning to our lives so there's a huge movement that is bubbling up that will hopefully be that mind shift that we now need to see globally. Well, I'm thinking right now, you could say it's a privilege to live on, on planet Earth. We have to earn the right to be here. And to earn the right means you've got to make sure that we look after the planet and leave it in a better state than when we was when we arrived. Yeah, that's absolutely true. As uh, somebody who has children, I, I think about that a lot. And I think about how also what what does it mean for us as a community to work together in, yeah. in the tech industry and across all industries, we're very much used to competing. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But if we look at the origin of the word compete, it actually means running together. Yeah. It does not mean, you know, you, you elbow each other out. It means running together for a specific goal. In addition to competition, which, you know, brings out the best ideas everywhere, we also need unprecedented collaboration. Collaboration between public and private, between citizens for new communities, and also between nations. Yeah. So I was quite hopeful this year in February, the UN passed at its Environment Assembly a decision to establish a global treaty against plastic pollution. Don't know how much time you spend uh, uh, by the sea. Um, I'm, I very far from the sea unfortunately but I love beaches and the sea and you all yeah. know uh, there's more and more plastic in the ocean yeah. and that's reached uh, that's reached a level now that problem that finally all the UN member states have gotten together and even in the week after the Ukraine invasion gotten together and decided all the member states that we need a global plastics treaty. That's now being negotiated. That will impact a lot of uh, Salesforce customers in terms of what plastic products are still allowed, how they need to be recycled, how they need to be branded. And it, it market signal like that, I think 
also shows that the United Nations is very still very relevant and yeah. alive and kicking, but it also shows that we can, if we really put our minds to it, we can make the changes that we need. Yeah. For climate change, we already have that agreement. It's called the Paris Agreement. Yeah. It gives us very clear targets. We just have to do it now. There's no more excuses with the extreme heat waves we see. Now, getting back to Salesforce, how do you demonstrate that what you're doing is not just greenwashing, but you're doing more than the bare minimum required? So there's a few things I already knew about Salesforce before I joined, and then there's a few things I only learned about Salesforce after I joined. What I knew was that Salesforce has a very strong climate action plan, uh, went to net zero already in September 2021. All our data centers run on renewable energy. Uh, we have emission reduction targets internally. For example, executive pay is linked to reducing travel, yeah. especially air travel. Um, and we also buy high-quality carbon credits for the residual emissions that we can't yet offset, or inset as it's called, that we can't yet reduce inside our own company. So we, we do a lot on that front. What I learned after I joined, though, is that everywhere I go in the climate, in the climate space, I get... I get uh, stopped by NGOs and charities and they all come to me and thank me for Salesforce's product because Salesforce gives away about a billion dollars a year worth of software licenses, either at free licenses or price reductions to NGOs, to uh, charities that are often small, struggle with business, so each of them can get 10 licenses for free. A lot of them get... Uh, further tech support. So that's a huge and, and often sort of unseen part of what Salesforce does. I think the true test of a company though is often in what does the company do when nobody is looking? Yeah. And here you have to say that across Salesforce there's about 14,000 of our employees that are part of what we call Earth Force. So they follow what's happening on sustainability news and on climate and on nature. And they take uh, volunteer time off on a week per year, paid, paid volunteering time off, to plant trees, to clean up beaches, to work with uh, communities, with NGOs everywhere for cleaner, healthier cities. So a lot of that work that our staff do is not very widely publicized. It's not, you know, we, we don't put out a press release every time we do uh a local community effort. It's part of what, it's part of our core values and our core yeah. identity. And that I only learned in the past three months. I actually didn't know that before I joined. So that was, uh, that's fascinating. And tell me nothing, but because your product is basically cloud-based, you don't send it packages or uh, with software. You download it from online. And also the manual, you can read it on, you can download it. You don't, you, you don't get a manual in the post, which means you're saving in paper as well. So that's another very important thing that you guys did. Like 30, 40 years ago, if you're buying software, it might be coming 30, 40 floppy disks in a big box that's sent at you with a big menu. Now that's changed. Yeah, I think we, in my view, we're still sending out uh, too many boxes. It yes. has, has been greatly reduced, but mostly in the US, there's still a lot of direct mailing that's sort of being scaled back. Um, but we, we also offer our customers um, efforts that are that go beyond 
um, climate action. First of all, for all our suppliers, we now have a sustainability exhibit. So when they sign up to be vendors to Salesforce, they have to prove to us what they do for their climate action. So yeah. we're also looking deeply into our scope three uh, uh, emissions through our supply chains. And for, for those vendors, but also for our customers, we then offer them to participate in actions like the One Trillion Tree Initiative yeah. that go beyond climate action. It's not, it's not there for buying carbon credits, it's there for doing the right thing. And planting trees, if it's done right, right tree, right place, right time, with people, for nature and climate, then that's a very useful activity that everybody can do. And there's thousands of customers and, and um, also our suppliers that are now um, taking up this, the, the tree planting, I almost call it a, a hype, it's gone a little bit um, viral already two years ago. And we have to recognize that it's, it's easier said than done to plant a tree. Yeah. You know, being a forester myself and not a tech expert, I can tell you it's, it's actually um, a lot more complicated than it sounds. But we know how to do it well. We have the right partners how to do it well. And we can channel that enthusiasm in the right direction so that we, we do this in the right way and growing trees over time for social and environmental yeah. benefits. Is something that everybody can participate in. Yeah, and lastly, before we finish the podcast, where can people learn more about you and your work? So first of all, we have a we have a gig uh, coming up uh, next month called Dreamforce. Uh, we'll draw about a hundred thousand people to San Francisco. I think mostly from the US, but there's people coming also from elsewhere. Yeah. Um, there'll be a whole day on uh, net zero on sustainability. That's of course an opportunity, but for those like uh, me who will actually not fly all the way to San Francisco, who don't want to go there, um, Salesforce is also coming to a city near you. We have something called the World Tours, uh, London, New York, Paris, Atlanta. There's lots of places where every spring we present uh, what is new and more and more of that is focused on sustainability. Uh, and most of all, uh, we, of course, as a tech-based, uh, as a tech company, we have a great online presence, we have a great um, web presence, we have several initiatives that we partner with, like the Trillion Trees, 1T.org, there's also a lot of information on our website, and um, we're then at all these key policy moments, next month at the UN General Assembly opening week in New York, then at the Climate COP27 in Egypt, and there's a biodiversity convention summit coming up in December in Montreal, which will be sort of the Paris Agreement moment for nature yeah. that is coming this December, where Salesforce is also supporting those negotiations. So that's very good. Thanks very much for that, Tim, and uh, have a great day and good luck in your future endeavors. Thanks, Ronan. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.